Hey there, Tom Block. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Knowles. Appreciate the fact that you guys have stomached Keith and I for as long as you have. We enjoy bringing the show your way and appreciate your patronage. Want to remind you, by the way, that the season ticket renewal deadline is rapidly approaching. It's in mid-April, April 15th. If you haven't renewed your season tickets for football, go ahead and do so for the 2022 season. A lot to like based on what we've seen so far at spring practice. For all the information, go to Seminoles.com backslash tickets. Uh, that's if you're going to renew. Or if you want to get tickets for the first time, you can get a reserve seat for all home games. Uh, they range in price from 330 bucks to 800 bucks uh, all in, depending on the seat location. Again, Seminoles.com backslash tickets to answer those questions as we count it down to the 2022 campaign. That said, let's count it down to the start of Front Row Knowles, which is right now. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Good day, everybody. Welcome to Front Row Knowles. Tom Block, Keith Jones with you. KJ, good to see you, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We had some football. We did. Sort of, right? You know uh, what? I, it, it was players with uniforms on on the field. It was football. There was a good crowd there. And uh, we say this every year, Keith. And I think the answer is, no offense to you defensive guys, everybody would love to see defense more and spend the offseason just thinking how great the offense might be rather than what we're faced with now, which is the defense might be pretty doggone good because clearly the defense got the better of the game on Saturday. I would agree. I would agree. I think the the biggest bright spot, maybe we weren't really expecting it, though, offensively, was the running game. Uh, you know, it wasn't one two, one, two, or three guys. There were four or five guys that had an opportunity to run with the rock and did some some pretty good things with it, even with that depleted offensive line. I told William Floyd before the game that he was going to like Trey Benson, the, the transfer who, you know, when Florida State brought him in, there was question as to how healthy was he going to be. And there was a lot of talk that it might be like the Corbin situation where it, it, he needs another year to get a burst. But I mean, if he's going to get better in another year, he already looks pretty doggone good now, but I knew Floyd would like him because he runs with power. He can be elusive, and he's got speed, too. I mean, he looks like a, a, a different uh, – to use Jimbo's phrase from back in the day, he looks like a guy that can change the scoreboard. Well, and, and he's he's got that speed, but he's got size. Normally, when you have speed of his caliber, you're looking at 180, 185 pounds. He's pushing 210, 212, or whatever it is. Yeah, I think they list him 215, but uh, regardless, he's not a scat back is the point you're making. Correct. There. Yeah, so they're they're deeper at running back than I thought they would be. We'll talk about that. Jerry Kutz, founder of the Osceola, is going to join us in our next segment. He's been covering Florida State since before Keith Jones suited up, I think. Is that a true statement? It might be. I'm not going to ask him. I wouldn't encourage you either. Yeah, no, I, I won't go that far. But it was. <laughs> let's just say it was yesteryear, and we'll just leave it at that. We won't, we won't do the math anymore. There you go. Anybody catch your eye uh, either through the course of spring or, or Saturday at, uh, at the stadium? Well, obviously, we spent all of our time looking at the quarterbacks. And I think you would say that 
because of some drops and maybe some other things that we don't even know about, uh, the passing game wasn't uh, as sharp as we any of us would like it, nor uh, as sharp as we expect it would, would be when the season gets started in August and September. Um, so that was a little different. Uh, you know, all the focus on Travis, uh, he didn't make – he made the one mistake on the interception. Of course, the defense had, what, two interceptions in, in the very early goings of the, of the, of the proceedings. But he didn't, you know, he, he executed plays. And though we spent a lot of time, you know, talking about the, the backup and your favorite expression is that the backup quarterback is always the favorite player. Um, but, um, you know, seeing that quarterback room and seeing those guys perform, uh, I saw some good execution. I didn't see some horrible mistakes, maybe not the consistency that we want from the quarterback position, but I like I like the way things are trending. There's no question about that. Part of the issue with the passing game was the OL was beat up against a pretty good DL. And also, anytime you, you come within a, a breath of the quarterback, they whistle it dead. Right, right. It, it, and, and if you're going to run a, a spring game the way it was conducted the other day, and I get why it's one of 15 practices, but you're spending time working on two-point conversions and working on special teams. I think if they ran seven-on-seven seven skeleton drills, Keith, that the fans would really like that. In other words, take the take the lineman out of it and let's so the quarterback has time to throw and let's go watch some receivers make some plays or DBs make some plays. Well, there's no question that, you know, us fans, we like to see the ball in the air and we like to see it going down the field. Now, I'm one of the old-timers. I, I like the good passing game, but I don't like 41 to 40 scoring a fest you know I'm, I'm happy with a 21-17 game in terms of uh, all the fireworks uh, but you know you're right and some of the biggest competition uh, and it's been this way for 50 years but some of the biggest competition in terms of just one-on-one is during seven-on-seven skeleton uh, there there's there's no excuses the quarterback can't say he got an arm in his eyes and got forced out of the pocket because there's nobody rushing him. And the receivers don't have to worry about blocking. It's all passing, so they're running routes and catching the ball. And it can lead to some of the more competitive type of segments during the practice, there's no doubt. Yeah, yeah to me, if you're going to be running drills, I mean, it's it's the three-point shooting contest, the dunk contest of what you could do with football because people want to see – we don't throw deep enough. Throw it well. If you're running skeleton drills, you can throw deep every other. So, play. so what you're saying? You want to see home run derby? You don't want to see him take an infield that, to continue yes. that bad illustration. Yes. Let's see how many more analogies we can mix into this. <laughs> Keith, how many points did your '79 team give up over the course of the year? Uh, eighty-six, I think. Eighty-five. Yeah, that's like the average combined points in one football game nowadays, Keith. That that it's ship a, sailed a long time ago and is sitting on I'm the gonna, bottom of the ocean sunk somewhere I'm right now. I'm still going to be talking about it, though, Tommy. <laughs> I'm still going to be talking about it. Jerry Kutz joins us next here on Front Row Knowles. Front Row Knowles is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now back to Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles, time to open up that Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. And we say hello to our old friend, the founder of the Osceola, Jerry Kutz. How are you, Jerry? Great, Tom. Good to be on. battling a cold, as you can probably tell, but uh, that's that's not really a significant issue as long as you guys can stomach my nasally tones today. But 
spring football in the rearview mirror, mirror, Jerry, what's your, uh, your biggest takeaway? Not, not of the game so much, but, but spring practice overall. Defense improved greatly. They, uh, you know, at some point last year, that defense started to find itself and uh, throughout the season, they, uh, improved. And, um, in the offseason, they were fortunate to get back Robert Cooper and Fabian Lovett. And in so doing, they have a stout uh, defensive front. Um, and then I think Tatum Bethune, who did not play Saturday, he's been a big addition at linebacker from the transfer portal. So I see this defense getting better and better uh, and should be should – be, uh, a strength for us this coming year. Jerry, we always talk about the offensive line, but we really couldn't get a good uh, measurement of the offensive line with so many kids out. But uh, what's your take on that particular segment? You know, Keith, I I think we still got some work to do there. Um, In the spring game, you had, uh, like, as you, as you mentioned, you had a couple of your better offensive linemen out, Darius Washington, uh, was out and Dylan Gibbons went a f- several series with with the uh, ones, but uh, not all of them. And they couldn't have split that. That's why they didn't go Garnet and Gold in a game, because uh, if you just split what's left up, it wouldn't have been pretty. Right. So that's why Mike went the way he went. And uh, I think we'll be better. Um, I. You know, uh, Keith, I, I really like that Bless Harris. He's an addition. Um, the the center we brought in from Wisconsin gives us some – either he'll start or he'll provide us quality depth. Um, so I see improvement. I think we'll, we'll be better. I, I'll tell you what that line is good at is run blocking. Um, and I think you'll agree with me. They – they run. They were a better run blocking line last year than they were a pass protecting line, and I see that same thing this spring. With spring practice over, Jerry, there's conjecture that Florida State would try to take two or three or four more guys in the portal if they became available. I don't know what number they could get to, but would offensive line be where you start, or it just depends on who appears? And and I know obviously as we're talking, we're recording this on Tuesday night. There's a big fish from the University of Georgia hanging out there. But is OL the, the biggest need if they could find one more body in the portal? You know, in my opinion, and this is no disrespect to our quarterbacks, but that would be, to me, I would go, I would get a, I would get a, uh, if, if I could find the right quarterback, I would get one for insurance. Um, but having said that, I think offensive line would be another position. Now, let's not forget that in the fall, we're going to bring in a couple, I think three uh, of our freshman signees coming in the, in the fall, including uh, uh, Armella, Julian Armella comes in in the, in the fall. So it's, you know, it's, it's rare that a freshman can come in and start, but if one can, uh, I think, you know, Armella, Sap, and the third, I can't remember right now, will be coming in. Um, I think I think Armella's got a real chance to help in the fall. Jerry, the world has certainly changed uh, in the last two, three, four years between the transfer portal 
and all of the early enrollees, I mean, it's almost like the kids that come in like we all used to in the fall at first, first time on campus in the fall, it's almost like they're treated as secondary citizens. They're, they're so quote unquote far behind. Uh, it, it's been a tremendous shift in, in, in how you put your roster together these days. It has. And, you know, Mike Norville said today after practice uh, that, in essence, his team is on campus right now. I mean, there will only be a few freshmen, you know, early in, I mean, uh, August enrollees, traditional enrollees. Most all of them are here right now between right. they brought in what, 30? Uh, 30 players, I think, came in in January between the transfers and the early entry freshmen. So it's different. Jalen Early is the uh, the other freshman who's That's coming right. in in the fall. Yeah, and he's a, he's a very good prospect. So, you know, I don't see a freshman breaking into this group. Um, but I think uh, Armella is uh, – he and Early and uh, are are you know very good. There we have some candidates there. Those are high quality freshmen coming in. Uh, so and I'll tell you, Daughtry Richardson impressed me uh, in uh, the spring. A true freshman, uh, early enrollee. Um, so there's competition on the offensive line now, unlike I've seen in the last three years. I want to go back to your comment about the quarterback. Obviously, I understand why you, why you said that. It, it just feels like are you are you are you saying obviously if somebody was there that could be the starter, you go get them, or do you worry about upsetting the apple cart there with with Travis? And and if you get somebody that's content to be a backup, what does that do to Rodemaker? Does he then immediately enter the portal? And he's a guy who knows the system. Well, you know, it's a new world, right? But um, I think Mike has made it clear that he's open to anything that will improve his roster. And um, I think it's tricky with the quarterback position, and I'm sure Keith will have some thoughts on that. But, um, you know, if, if there's a kid out there who uh, fits, uh, I like it as insurance. Now, let's talk about what we got. I think Travis is clearly your number one. Um, but what I've seen in – and Rodemaker is he's hot and cold. He's not consistent. He'll have a, a, a good play and you get, you know, you're going, okay, here we go. And then he'll have a play that, you know, you, it's kind of regrettable. Um, but in the spring game, I came out of the spring game thinking Rodemaker didn't have one of his better days. But when I went back and looked at the play-by-play and the, the, the drive charts, he he had five possessions. He 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 scored two touchdowns, and we kicked a field goal on three of the five possessions. On the fourth possession, one other possession, um, he put us in position to kick a field goal, and it was blocked. So if you're a bottom line guy, you know he put us in position four out of five drives to score and that's not bad um in fact that's that's very good so um now granted 
he got a lot of help from the running backs. But again, if you're a bottom line guy, you, you've got to look at the results and say um, there's something there. And and uh, I thought too, the kid just doesn't. He hasn't quite caught a break that that I think kid young kids need to really gain confidence. I'll just use a couple of examples. In that game, you know, he threw a beautiful pass out there to Poitier on the sideline, back shoulder throw. And uh, it shows you what he's capable of. And then a little bit at, at one point in the scrimmage, we're at uh, we're third and goal at the nine. And he throws a perfect ball to Helton. Helton makes a great catch on the slant. And the official says he was sacked. So instead of everybody jumping up and down and congratulating Rodemaker, you know, it's a field goal try. And, uh, and, and they made it. But the point being, I think sometimes kids need a break. And, and he just hasn't, he hasn't gotten it. And then I think a play he would love to have back on another one of those drives that we, we did score a touchdown. It was his, I think it was one of his last drives. Um, he had uh, Johnny Wilson open in the back of the end zone and overthrew him. And I, it's that kind of play that when he makes that, I think you'll see him take off a little bit. Well, and, um, and I, agree, I agree with you, Jerry. And there's another part to that that I think we've all forgotten. His breaks up until now have been bad. In other yes. words, his playing time last year did not go well. So, exactly. so not only does he need a break for his confidence, he needs a break to get back to ground zero and then get his confidence, if that makes any sense to our listeners. And and you can never underestimate that. That's why coaches all the time are talking about, you know, it's a, it's a real slippery slope about getting those young kids in there early. And if they experience some, some failure, you know, that stays with them a whole lot longer than what the, the experience of, of positive, unfortunately. And Keith, you know, too, it's not just about him. It's about how his, how his the players in the huddle respond to him. Sure, sure. And, and right now, Travis, when he comes into the huddle, everybody in the huddle feels like we're going to score. Um, with Rodemaker, they're still waiting for him to make those plays to where, you know, they're bought into him. And uh, so I, I, throughout the spring, I've, I've, I've seen him catch fire. And, you know, he drives the team a couple of series down the field. And the kid has a beautiful arm, and he's a lot better athlete than people realize. And you think, okay, here he comes, man. He's catching fire. And then he, you know, he has a throw that, you'd like to have back and uh so it's two steps forward one step back with him i think um but i think he's a much more uh, much more comfortable quarterback in the offense than he was a year ago he certainly has gotten better there's no question but the consistency part you know i i think is going to be the number one thing he wants to address in fall camp so let's look at that and say You've got a one, a, not a one A. I mean, I mean, you have a one A in Travis, and then you've got an, 
a, a second team quarterback who's still trying to get there. And then you've got a true freshman who's got, you know, typical true freshman learning curve to go through. So if anything happened to Travis next year and Rodemaker stepped in as your starter, you still don't have, you know, you're not comfortable with the backup situation. So that's where I think if they could find the right guy, a guy who could come in here and be, you know, willing to compete and to be the backup, um, if not the starter, I'd, I'd, I'd look for that guy. And, um, and, be, and be more consistent and better than Rodemaker is what you're saying. We're talking with Jerry Kutz from the Osceola. We'll take a break, come back, and continue this spring football conversation. Stay with us here on Front Row Knowles. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Back on Front Row Knowles, we keep the Earl Bacon Agency hotline open and continue our conversation with Jerry Kutz from the Osceola. Jerry, let, let's move off the quarterbacks. Uh, my thought, and maybe it was wishful thinking on the receivers, and, and obviously Florida State lost its most veteran new receiver in that car accident. I was hoping to see maybe a little more consistency with all the new faces they brought in. But then at the running back position, I was pleasantly surprised that I think that group's better than what I thought it would be at the start of spring. But, but your thoughts on those two segment groups? I agree 100%. Bob, Bob Ferrante and I were talking about that at practice today, that um, we thought we were okay at running back. I think Benson, Trey Benson, makes us a lot better than okay. I mean, I think he's, uh, he, he, he's a home run threat. The kid has great speed, and, you know, he's recovered from a knee injury. We went through that. Uh, last year with uh, our running back that had recovered from a knee injury. And uh, Benson looks 100% to me. He doesn't wear a knee brace. He he runs with authority. And he has top-end speed. Um, he's fastest guy on the team at 215 pounds. And I think he's a 1,000-yard rusher if if they give him the ball enough. So, yes, to your point, our receivers, uh, are, I mean, our running backs uh, are performed better than I had hoped uh, in the spring. Uh, with the receivers going to that position, uh, I think Micah Pittman is money. I think that guy is a very dependable receiver. He's powerful. He's a tenacious blocker downfield. Um I think he's going to be a, a, a great asset in the slot, third down, third down receiver. Um, other than that, this spring it was kind of, I think, you know, uh, it's just been a little bit hit and miss. And uh, so there's certainly talent there. Uh, as you mentioned, Wright should be back in the fall. Um, but Johnny Wilson, the six seven kid, is uh, you know in, in that spring game he dropped two balls and it kind of disappoints you. But we've seen him have good days in other scrimmages, and I think he he offers us uh, 
uh, a unique threat. But overall, the competition in that room with, you know, with our existing receivers, I still have some hope that coming, and I, I have more than some hope. I still have hope that uh, they'll emerge in the, in the fall. Jerry, uh, maybe a minor thing, but, uh, you know, you've got basically three new coaches, a new offensive coordinator, although uh, Coach Atkins has been there for a while, but elevated uh, uh, Shannon on the linebacker side and a new quarterback coach. I didn't see any – it looked seamless. What, what was your takeaway? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you said it right. Atkins has been there a few years. Randy Shannon was there last year, you know, as a quality control coach. And uh, the quarterback co- coach, he, he, Keith, he was very active last year coaching quarterbacks. Like, um, the, uh, you know, he was, he, he talked to the quarterbacks every play between plays. You know, he was coaching, correcting. So, um, you know, uh, Dillingham spent some time with the quarterbacks, but he was really the offensive coordinator. And so I think we have coaches that they understand what's – they don't come in from the outside. You know, they came up in the system. And I think – And that doesn't always happen. No. So the communication there is, I think you're right, spot on. And talking to Jim Gladden and uh, Mickey Andrews and Billy Sexton about that, you know, they, their, their sideline operation, their communications look good, you know, during the scrimmages. And when you talk to uh, Norville and, and the players, they'll tell you that the biggest improvement has been in that, the communication. Um, everybody's, you know, knows the lingo and uh, communicates well. I can, hey, hey, Tom, I can't wait. I want to change the subject, but okay. I want to get on Keith's favorite subject, that defense. I, well, that's where I was going next. I was going, and, and I was actually, I had to do a little research, Jerry. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm more senior now. I'm catching up to you guys. And, and I was trying to think, even though we never talk about them, like, look at this year's defense. We want to talk about the new defensive end. They got a new linebacker. Oh, the safeties are great. But I, I was thinking about Mickey's defenses. And, and do you ever really have a great defense if you don't have the big uglies, the tackles who are really talented? And so I was thinking of, you know, Timmy Jernigan in 13, along with Eddie Goldman and Corey Simon was on the 99 team. I had to look up the 93 to remember John Nance with Derek Alexander and Todd McIntosh, but you get the point I'm making. Is is that a big part of the reason you think this defense could be so good because of the two guys they have in the middle there? I tell you the fact that Fabian and, and uh, Robert Cooper came back really solidified something for this team. And both those guys are quality people. They're, they're characters, you know, they got character and they're, they're helping the younger guys come along. And it's, I mean, I enjoy watching it. And, uh, you know, there's, it's been years since I've been able to say that. But I think those guys are really terrific leaders, you know, and as we all know, it all starts up front. I mean, those guys have got to get it done. Keith, I was with uh, your buddy Mark Mossick uh, this weekend, and we were talking about that. And Mark was the defensive tackle on the team with Keith and 80. 
played next to Ron Simmons. And, you know, you, you got to have a stable front uh, to make stuff happen. Well, people and I think forget, we have that. People forget, you know, it's not the same as maybe, you know, in those days, but their job is to keep linemen off of the linebackers so linebackers can make plays. Exactly. And and so if you're a little bit less than you want at linebacker and you don't get that play up front, then we see the glaring things that we've uh, had to uh, look at over the last several years. Uh, and, and, you know, I, we just got through with the Masters and, you, you know, everybody remembers and knows the, the phrase, you know, you drive for show and you putt for dough. The, the defensive ends get all the notoriety. But if you don't have those defensive tackles doing their job, you don't win ball games. Exactly. So I think we've got that in the in the starting two. I think uh, I think we have a. I think we're too deep. We're good. Um, and then behind that are some really talented freshmen that uh, Cooper and F- Fabian Walker. There were times when the ones were on the field and Fabian and Cooper weren't on the field on Saturday. And they were over on the sidelines coaching up some of the younger guys. And and that's when you've got something, when it's a player-led team and not a coach-led team. And I think in years, you know, even last year with Mike Norville, it was still a coach-led team. Now you're seeing you really have a senior class now which he didn't have the first two years. He brought in these transfers to create a senior class. And uh, and it's paying off. Jamie Robinson is a terrific leader. I mean, they bring in uh, Tatum Bethune at linebacker, and uh, he did not play Saturday. But he is that salty throwback guy. That, uh, he, he's got some range, and he, he comes downhill. And he's he's around. He's very instinctive, and he's around the ball a lot. Uh, in his years at UCF, he w- he was highly productive in the number of tackles. So I think he's been a great complement with Deloach, who I think has improved greatly, and uh, and Gainer, and then uh, Lundy. They took some weight off Lundy, and I actually see him in the same zip code with the running backs on wheel routes. You know, he's he's gained a little bit of range, Lundy has. And, you know, of course, he's, he's a slobber knocker when he's coming downhill. So we've got four linebackers, and I don't know – I don't remember the last time I could say we have four candidates at linebacker. And then the, the freshman, the incoming freshman, true freshman, Graham, uh, he's, a, he's a nice player too. And in the mold of uh, – in the mold of Bethune, he's, he's, he's got some of that same size, thickness, and instinct. So I think Randy Shannon has done a nice job with those linebackers, and uh, I expect to see better linebacker play than we've had in a while. Well, Jerry, I'm going to go to Keith on this one because, KJ, with the emergence of Akeem Dent the second half of spring – to compliment Jamie Robinson, 
we may have a really strong tandem of safeties, but what say you as the foremost expert, certainly on this podcast at the moment, but I'll give you a little more credit than that. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I thought Akeem, um, I, I loved him as a freshman. I thought he showed flashes as a true freshman. And then he's been nicked up and he's been moved around. And, and you know, he's finally gotten back to where I think he, he really wanted to be and should be. Um, and, and, you know, he didn't have, he didn't make great, many great plays in, in, in the spring game. It was very quiet from that standpoint, but the reports coming out of what he's done in practice and his improvement in his uh, film study and paying attention and, and um, you know, knowing what to do and when to do. Uh, I, I think he might be poised Jerry for a, for a, almost a breakout year. Yeah, that's uh they can't say enough good things about him. Uh, they they think he's – even the back half of the season, he was doing good things. So uh, that's been pleasant. What Keith, what do you think about the corners? Well, uh, uh, to be honest with you, I was somewhat disappointed in effort. And I don't know what the rules are these days, but I don't see kids on the backside chasing the ball down like I would like to see. Now, when, when it comes time to make a play – uh, they're doing some good things, but, uh, you know, I'm old school in that regard, but maybe the game's left me. Uh, one-on-one, they do very well. Um, you know, I think, I think you could say that there's been great improvement there, but there has to be because everybody's going three and four wide and you're throwing the ball 50 times a, a game. You know, you're, you're going to have to be strong in those positions. Well, and, and you know, the last – the thing that we've – suffered through the last four or five years is seeing what receivers run, running wide open in the secondary. Right. And right. that kind of began to stop last year, you know, towards the tail end of the season. And this spring, I haven't seen receivers run wide open. It seems to me that the communication that they have going uh, in that secondary is better because you just don't, you don't see people getting wide ass open. I would, I would agree with that. That that is a positive. Well, and Adam Fuller has talked about that, and he said, you know, candidly, uh, we're wanting the guys to communicate the last year or two when they don't necessarily understand what they're supposed to be doing yet because it's new to them too. So certainly, it, it has looked better. Jerry, you hang out with with Mickey and Gladden a lot, who who go to practice, uh, especially when I've been out there. I've seen Mickey. What what are they like the most uh, in terms of what they've seen out there? I think that um, what Keith talked about is one of the things that they complained about is that, you know, they didn't see that effort, you know, the, the chase the ball effort, you know, they didn't see lean guys that could run and they have seen that this with, you know, developing over the last year. So, um, you know, chasing the ball, and getting a bunch of hats around it is something that they've seen improvement on. Um, again, going back to their old school, Keith's old school, I'm probably old school too. The thing that we don't see is we don't see the, the toughness of, um, you know, of what it was under Mickey or under Jack Stanton. And, you know, the the physicality is better than it's been but football's changed, and the coaches who are coaching it today 
don't coach it the way that Stanton did or or Andrews did. Um, you don't have board drills. You don't have tackling people to the ground at practice. And so in my mind, you know, tackling in, in a game, you do what you do all week. It's habits that are formed. And when all you do at practice is thud and not wrap up and tackle to the ground, uh, then it, that'll show up on a Saturday. Well, and you and, saw that Saturday. You saw a bunch of tackles where kids were rotating and then slinging people to the ground as opposed to running through them. Exactly. And a lot of arm tackles or, you know, the rugby tackle that was introduced out in Seattle where the backs put I mean the the tackler will put his helmet behind the, the running back instead of lead with his helmet. Um, that stuff has changed. And and so, you know, you don't like that, but that's 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 part of the game today. And uh, but anyway, going going back to the positives, um I think the effort is better. To Keith's point, you 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 want to see everybody chasing the ball every play, but that those are some of the things they've seen. Mickey think likes that he particularly likes the two freshman uh, uh, corners. Right, I mean those guys are you know really talented. Thomas and uh, uh, McCall, McCall. I mean they're they're super talented. I think Keith, you. Have you gotten? Oh yeah, oh yeah. They've, they, they've got the tools. <laughs> they've got the tools. It's just how to use them effectively. And I mean, these guys are—they just got out of high school. I mean, exactly. They're really green, but their natural instincts are are there, and uh, so that's exciting. And uh, they'll push the the other guys. A guy like Greedy Vance, who's a transfer. You hear his name a lot when you ask receivers, you know, who, who gives them the biggest challenge. And so there's, there's some, there's some competition in that secondary. Uh, Jerry, is, we need to, we need to wrap it up here, but I think yeah. we're all in agreement that it's uh, things are trending in the right direction for sure. Jerry Kutz from the Osceola. If you don't subscribe, go to the Osceola.com six ninety five a month to get uh, insight from the guy who's been covering Florida State football, uh, I guess longer than anybody on the beat, Jerry. I won't, I won't give a year. I won't attach a number of years to that, but we appreciate you joining us as always. Hey, man, I enjoy you guys. You, you do a great job, and I know that, you know, you have subject matter expertise here with you two. Thank you, Well, Jerry. we're not very good, but we are experienced, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> More front row knolls right after this. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Back on Front Row Knowles, all in all, everybody feels good. You have to feel good after a spring game, Keith. You didn't lose the game, right? And everything's always going to point, point to the better. I, I do think that's true. How much better is the question, but... I think you can really look at almost every segment group for Florida State and feel like they got a little bit better. I guess on the defensive end position, you can't say that because you lost Keir and Jermaine Johnson. But you'd say that about tackles and linebackers and safeties and probably corner. And offensively, you'd say it about the OL and quarterback and running back and probably receiver too, maybe not tight end. I mean, that's I'm, I'm opining there, but that's kind of my thoughts. 
Well, again, I go back to my earlier comment, uh, and again, it's an old school uh, thought process, but you know, those defensive ends get all the notoriety, but you don't have great defenses without interior linemen. That, 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 that front DL, those two, and if you, you know, go back to the old days when we ran the 50, the three down linemen, you know, if they don't do their job, the other team's going to score a bunch, regardless of the uh, stats that your defensive ends get, because, you know, they're, they're pinning their ears back and, you know, doing things. Um, the unsung heroes, the things that you don't really pay attention to or understand how football works, you wouldn't know to appreciate. And that's the general fan. I get that. But, uh, you know, as Jerry pointed out and Coach, uh, Coach Gladden and Coach Andrews, when they're at practice, you know, it starts up front. And uh, there's an opportunity with those, uh, those, as you like to call them, and I, and I agree with you, those big uglies, to really do some good work, even though their stats are not going to be off the charts. I never call them that to their face, just for the record, Keith. Well, not... I, I remind them that you say that, and occasionally I'll even take a, a little tape uh, of our show yeah, and, and let them I'm not. It. I'm not as dumb as I look. Um, hey, just less than a minute to go, but uh, on the basketball front, I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't. Uh, basketball fans know this, but uh, casual fan may not have recognized that, that CY Charlton Young moved on to join Dennis Gates at Missouri last week, and both of those, uh, Dennis obviously was with Leonard for a while, and CY is a heck of a recruiter and, and, and will forever be known as the guy who coined the phrase new bloods. And I, I don't know if Leonard made him swear that he's leaving it here in Tallahassee now that he's uh, over with Mizzou, but I do wish him good luck, but that's, that's not an insignificant loss. He was a good coach. Very good coach, a great person, great family. Um, CY was, was all that. And then some, I really enjoyed my time with him and I wish him well. I thought you were going to say all that in a bag of chips. And I was going to say, we really have hearkened back to the 1980s, Keith, which was your heyday. We're out of time. We'll do the show again next week. He's Keith. I'm Tom. This is Front Row Knowles.